from the Kramer Basketball Headquarters in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You are listening to the Coach's Edge podcast, powered by CoachesEdge.coach. Here is your host, Steve Kramer. like to welcome Coach Sam Malcolm, varsity girls coach at Central Noble High School uh, near Fort Wayne in Indiana. Uh, coach, you had a first year. You've been coaching for a very long time. This is your first year uh, as the varsity girls program coach there. You guys had a very successful season, and you've been a member of Coach's Coach for a while. So thanks for taking the time to share a little bit of your experiences today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been a longtime listener, first-time caller, so to speak, as uh, you just mentioned before I hit record. Um, how did you get, you know, let's go way back. How did you get associated with Coach's Edge, the podcast, uh, with me? Yeah, I can't even remember. I feel like we've been, you know, touching base on and off for a long time. Yeah, I, I think I just stumbled across your uh, your podcast and enjoyed listening uh listening to what you had to say and, and, uh, your background and, um, you know, you obviously were a pretty good player and, and, uh, wanted to try that and went to Europe and kind of followed your dream a little bit and then, you know, came back. And I think what caught me was you weren't really sure what you wanted to do. Did you want to coach? Did you want to help kids? And that's what, that's what kind of drew me into you was, I think you have a passion and a love for helping other people and, whatever that uh, uh, might pertain to, whether it's helping coaches or helping players. And I just enjoyed listening to what you had to say. And it fell in line with some of the philosophies and some of the things that I believe in from, you know, the basketball standpoint of not the X's and O's per se, but all the other things. And mm-hmm. I think that's what drew me uh, to want to join your program. And mm-hmm. as I followed you more, I found out your X's and O stuff pretty good too. And uh, <laughs> You know, we used uh, certainly use use some of those things, and you know, we consulted a little bit um, over the winter when uh, you know I had some some junk defenses thrown at us, and you gave us some concepts and some ideas to use, and they helped us out. And so, I appreciate what you do, and and um, you know, I I think I was just drawn to uh, you wanting to be a a, a servant to others. Um, you know, with basketball being that vehicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you found us on the podcast and then uh, you being in Indiana, I was running some stuff in Northwest Ohio. So getting the chance to meet you face to face, bring your son out to one of our clinics. I mean, that's not something that I always get to do is meet some of our members in person, uh, which is really cool. It's usually, you know, Zoom or phone call and things like that. So that was awesome. And hopefully not the last time that we get together in person as well. And you guys had a, a tremendous season, made it to the state final four, uh, Indiana, which has a, a richer basketball background than any other state in the U S no offense, uh, offense to every other state in the U S but it's Indiana, baby. It's who's your basketball. It's a big deal. Tell us a little bit about this past season. Sure. So the, uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, walking into a program that needed rebuilt or anything that way. They had had success under their prior coach. They uh, had made it to the uh, final four three times in 2017, 18, 19. 
They had won a state tournament in 18. Um, I had coached a handful of the girls that were in this uh, high school uh, in some softball a few years ago, still had some of those relationships. So kind of knew maybe what I was getting into a little bit. And that drew me to throw my hat in the ring. And, uh, you know, so applied for the job. It's a neighboring community. Uh, I still have three kids in school. So, you know, it was a big deal for us to kind of uproot uh, our kids out of the school that I had went to myself. I was teaching in that school, um, but uh, had this opportunity to, to follow a dream of mine to be a, a varsity coach. And uh, my, my uh, daughter still playing was going into her junior year. And then I had a son. Uh, sophomore and another son that, uh, that you met uh, that was going into a seventh grade season. And, and we talked about it. Uh, they, they offered me the job on a, I think on a Thursday and uh, you know, it took us a whole week to walk through. It wasn't a matter of, you know, was it right for, for coach Malcolm because he had always wanted to be a head coach. And so that part was easy, but what did it look like for our family? And so after you know, coming through all that, uh, my daughter kind of hit, hit, hit the final shot. That was the dad I would like to play for you. And, you know, and she was coming off of a season that her team had went to the final four at the high school. She was at uh, the school that we taught at. So, uh, and she was a contributor to that team as a sophomore. So for her to, to kind of, as we were deciding and I remember the last thing I said to her was, you know, we don't have to go do this, McKenna. If this doesn't fit, you know, we can we can stay where we're at. She said, Dad, I'd like to play for you. And so that kind of sealed the deal. And, uh, you know, going into that program, it was a little late in the season. Summer-wise, we had workouts with the girls. And, man, before you knew it, school started. And, you know, we were into the fall stuff that we could do, which is, you know, a couple of days a week and, you know, whatever. And, um as, as the excitement grew and we, we did a, a camp for the little girls and uh, the elementary girls and the excitement just kind of grew. And again, knew we had some talent coming back and it was just a matter of uh, can we, can we mold it into. So you get this new coaching position and I'm getting, I I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Right. I mean, I got two girls, my own and, and you saying your oldest daughter saying, dad, I'd like to play for you. I mean, that's, that hits me right there because I'm like, boy, that's about one of the nicest things my daughter could ever say to me is be like, dad, I want to play for you. I mean, that's fantastic. So you, you, you get, you get there, you're running uh, the summer youth basketball program for the girls. You're starting to build some excitement, you know, you're starting to head towards the fall season. What does that look like? Well, we're, you know, in Indiana, we can do a couple workouts a week for a couple hours a day. And, uh, you know, at a school, you know, the, the, the school we're at, uh, average class size is around uh, 85, 90 kids per grade. So uh, as you can imagine, in a high school setting, um, you're sharing athletes. So all but one or two girls that ended up being of our 16 member squad for varsity and JV were in a fall sport, uh, either cross country or volleyball or soccer. So what excited me the most was after they had 
attended their soccer practice, attended their volleyball practice, ran their cross country practice, they'd showed up to the workouts. And, um, you know, we didn't, it, it wasn't, you know, like a full practice, but it was still, it was a pretty good workout. And I remember going home after the first one thinking, man, I worked those girls pretty hard, but I had to set the, felt like I needed to set the bar pretty high too, that, Hey, this is what the expectations are going to be. And they, and they came back the next day, you know, the next time we had practice. And so my excitement just continued to grow through those. The girl season starts really early here in Indiana. Our, our um, first games are really that first week in November. Uh, that's when the first games start uh, over here. So we get to the middle of October and uh, we start into practices and, um, you know, we have a, have a pretty, pretty good uh, opponent as our, uh, as our first opponent, uh, uh, a Fort Wayne school um, that uh, is picked to, you know, be in the top 10 in the area uh, starting out. And we put together a game plan and, and it didn't work because our starting point guard got into foul trouble. We had to set her out a little bit and, uh, but we, we were able to persevere through that game and, and I got that first game under the belt, and that that was almost uh, a relief. Was just kind of going into the season and getting that first game under our belt. We just happened to beat a pretty good team, and and we're ready to go from there. So, so you guys make a run to to the state final four. That's really just the brush strokes over a season as a as a brand new coach. You're trying to build the connection, build the trust, and we can't do those things unless as a coach ourselves, we understand what are our own beliefs, what is our philosophy going into uh, this, this new program. So tell us a little bit about that. You know, how did you develop your own coaching philosophy? Cause every coach has a different one. And then how did you apply that to the girls that you're working with? Sure. And I, and, and the first thing I would just want to say is I was able to put together a, a, a very good coaching staff. And, and the neat thing about the coaching staff is not a lot of experience on this coaching staff from the high school level, but a coaching staff that believed in what I thought we could do, uh, which was we just wanted to try and compete in conference and win a sectional, which would be the first round of the playoffs here in Indiana. And, and they, they, they all bought into, the coaching staff bought into, um, you know, that philosophy that we can do that. And it hadn't been done. This uh, school had not done that since they had been to the Final Four in 19. Um, they had only won one sectional game and you know, be whatever that would be, uh, the mix of the girls or whatever. that That's immaterial, but we really thought we could win a sectional. So I, I got some good coaching advice from some, some mentors that I look up to that, that said, hey, keep it lean and keep it loyal. And, and we put together a coaching staff uh, while still keeping uh, um, the uh, – uh, Coach Malt, who's an art teacher at the school, was able to keep her on. And that was a little bit of a bridge between me and the girls as we developed that relationship because she had been there before. She was an established teacher. Uh, up until a week before school started, I did not even have a teaching position in the school. Uh, I wanted that. That was crucial for what I always thought I wanted to do to build a program was to be able to be in the school. And they had a a sixth grade science uh, position opened up. So, so now am I not just the, the, the new coach at the school, but I'm teaching a new subject that I haven't taught before uh, with new kids and, and, uh, but man, it was fun. And I, I remember being in the, the opening, um, uh, what do they call it? The open house 
and um, just had this feeling come over me about halfway through the open house with the the sixth graders and their parents that this is where I'm supposed to be. And I, that just kind of solidified for me there, you know, in August uh, that, that this is, this is where I was supposed to be. But as we geared up for the season and um, you know, uh, I, I, our point guard was very good. We had a shooting guard. Uh, both of those girls were going to make a run at a thousand points. Well, I love when good things happen to good people from the family move, right? It's a, family decision, not an individual decision. Uh, you go to a new school, uh, you're meeting your new players, new staff, new students, big change. And it obviously helps to have some really solid players, which you had as well. Nobody wins without uh, solid and talented players. But to be able to put all those things together in a really short amount of time for some girls that hadn't had this level of success, they'd seen Central Noble Girls Basketball have that success when they were in, at this point, it would have been junior high, seventh, eighth grade, sixth grade, but they haven't done it themselves. And then now you're able to make that tournament run again. Some of that has to do with, you know, what you and your coaching staff have done. Can you tell us more about your coaching style and, and what you think some of your own strengths are as a coach that helped this team? Sure. And I, I think for us, maybe the the first thing is just um, – you know, the idea of uh, it, it's you can be you can be demanding without being demeaning. And I picked that up several years ago. And, you know, uh, it's not that I really ever played for a screamer or a yeller myself, even though that's been quite a few years ago. But just watching over the years and how high school players would respond to that, I just felt like that's not what I wanted to to do and to be so. You know, I wanted to surround my myself with my coaching staff that was, you know, that, that had this those same ideals, and and I, you know, I did a good, did a good job with that. And the next thing I think was just kind of that next play mentality. And one of my assistant coaches is a golfer. Uh, coaches golf, owns a golf course, um, and you know, in golf, if you're a golfer, that you can't be dwelling on that last shot. You've got a new shot now, and and you have to put everything into making that next shot the best it can be. And so. I think with, a, you know, um, just being around that and, and coaching some things with him and talking uh, with, with the other coaches, we wanted that to be the thing was, you know what, it's next play. We, we, we don't have that, that turnover back. We can't take back the bad pass we just threw. We can't take back the missed shot. So it's everything we did was with that next play mentality. And we just – enforced that right from the start. Uh, if we wouldn't get a drill, uh, for example, if we wouldn't meet our goal in a shooting drill or any kind of timed drill, we would pause, we would regroup, and we would do it again. And I would give the girls, uh, the captains had one timeout in every practice that they could call a timeout if there was something that wasn't going right. Um, generally, they used that in a drill that we weren't, we knew we weren't going to get. Uh, or they knew they weren't going to get, and they would call that time out and they would regroup with the girls and, and then we'd try that again. And sometimes we got it the very next time. And, you know, sometimes maybe it took a, a, a time or two more, but I think probably just, uh, th those, those two things, you know, you can be demanding, you can set the bar and, and still reach for that goal or reach for that bar. But, uh, we didn't want to do it in a demeaning way or a way that, you know, um, 
would would cause them to give up or just not even want to reach that goal anymore. And then, you know, that that next play mentality, I think, was huge for us. Well, you answered my next question already, because I was going to ask you what that actually looks like and giving them the time out and continue to talk about that next play mentality, that consistent conversation. And yeah, I just really like that. The fact that the players have some ownership over those basketball practices, you give them a timeout, they can regroup, they can uh, settle themselves just like you would in a game when you have a quick timeout and you can go back out and get after it again. It doesn't change what has already happened but it can allow you to change what's about to happen because of that, that time that you spent together. I think that's, that's tremendous. As a first year varsity coach at a new school, new teaching job, new community, there's basketball, right? You've been associated with basketball and coaching different sports your entire life. But a lot of the things that go into the situation such as yours is being a coach, but not necessarily the on-court stuff. How did you handle that? What were some of the biggest surprises possibly? And what were some of the biggest things that you're like, man, this will, this took a lot more time than I thought it was going to. Well, I, I think, you know, honestly, right off the bat, um, the community welcomed us in with open arms and, and that was huge. That was, you know, again, um, whether they've, they figured out that, Hey, these, this guy and his family uprooted themselves out of, you know, a school that he's been involved with all his, maybe not all his life, but I didn't pledge any allegiance to any other high school, you know, for, for all of my 51 years at that time. And uh, they're willing to come to our community. And so the community reception was very good. Um, and then from that point, I just, you know, being in the school, being a sixth grade teacher, I would just try to observe and, um, you know, was, was given some suggestions from the AD to, hey, you could reach out to this person, you could reach out to that person. And, and uh, he was very instrumental in, in, in bridging that gap, if you want to call it that. Um, and then once the coaching staff was put in place, I had, had two assistant coaches that played there. So, so two, two women uh, that, are, that are on my staff that, that played there. So that helped too. And then also they know the community and, you know, so probably one of the best things we did was in September, towards the end of September, uh, we put together a youth camp for um, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade girls. And, and um, you know, I think we had 30 or 35 uh, girls, young girls come and participate in that, you know, hour and a half camp on Saturday mornings. And we really didn't do many games. And when I say games, like we didn't scrimmage, we just worked on you know, we tried to make it fun and we had some competitions, you know, it might've been as simple as which team can dribble out around a cone fastest and come back, you know, those kind of things. And that helped build, you know, some enthusiasm and, 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 and that within the community, because they were saying, Hey, this guy, you know, he's interested in, in, in not just this year's team, but the future teams coming up. So I think that was big and just trying to surround myself with people that have, again, some of the same visions that I do. And, you know, those parents of those fourth, fifth and sixth grade girls. Yeah. They're, they're very much wanting us to put a good product on the floor right now, but they also want to make sure that the product's good when their girls are up and when they're in the high school level. So that was huge for us. And one of the other things was uh, fundraising. Um, you know, we, my, I had always envisioned wanting to treat my high school program very well. And what I mean that is on a road trip home from a game, we're going to stop and have pizza. We're going to stop and do some of those things, the team building away from practice, if you want to call them that. But 
Um, you know, and it takes money to do that. And we were able to um, uh, put together uh, uh, some funds and worked a couple events where we parked cars and we, you know, a big thing over here in Indiana is pork burgers, Steve. I don't know, at least up in our area, uh, we sold pork burgers several nights at football games and different things and was able to put together funds to to be able to, at the like at the end of our first week of practice, we came down and watched some practice film in my room and had Subway, you know, and I, I never wanted the girls to have to pay for that stuff. That's all something that as a head coach, I always wanted to be able to provide. So fundraising was something that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of ideas sound good, but we were able to work through some different things and, and do some things that way. So that, that's kind of, again, I it was kind of lucky. It was, I, I was able to surround myself with good people uh, that had, had some vision for what we wanted to do as well. And, and it worked out well. Pork burger, you know, there's some, there's some things that you wish, you know, like you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then there's certain things you, you find out that you wish you didn't know. The pork burger is one for me because now I want one and I didn't even know it existed, you know, 30 seconds ago. So, you know, I don't know if uh, I should thank you that or, or not. Um, that sounds good. So you're doing fundraising. You're talking about the community relationships that, that you're building. The youth basketball program, tremendous. It really shows the care factor. And, and as you mentioned, it's not just we're trying to win now. We're trying to be successful for the future and how that really helps involve the parents as well at, at that age. So much about being a head coach, you don't know until you're you're in uh, that position. But you have been coaching in some way, shape or form you know, for a, a very long time. What are some of the things over your coaching career? And it doesn't have to just be basketball related. I mean, you got a background in football and softball and baseball, golf. What are the things that you've noticed over your career being a coach that uh, have changed that as coaches, we need to make sure we do a better job of now? Well, if I think back to, to Steve, when I played and I'm, I'm older than you, you know, if a coach challenged me and told me I couldn't do something, I was more along the lines of, oh, yeah, watch me. I'll show you I can. Right. And, you know, and I, I don't want to get too much into this, but, you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad was a full time farmer. My mom was a homemaker and helped raise my sister and I. And and, um, you know, we didn't do a lot of things that kids today have those opportunities to do. Now, we never hurt for anything and we got to go to the local camps and do all that stuff. Yeah, but. AAU wasn't a deal back then. The, the best players went and played AAU. Now everybody can be involved in that. And I think the skill level is a lot higher today than it was back when I played. All, all three of my boys are going to be better basketball players than I was. And a lot of that's just going to be because we've exposed them to uh, more opportunities to become that. I'm going to say my girls too, for that matter. I mean, I, again, they're just you know, we, we grew up in 4-H and showed livestock and, and our, our vacation was going to the state fair and spending four days there and showing our, our beef animals and our sheep and goats, whatever it was that we were showing. Um, and, the, and the kids today just have more opportunities to actually uh, develop their skills if they want to. But along that line, they also have more opportunities to do other things, the video games and all the other things that they can do. Um, we didn't have either. So, I think it's a, a maybe a challenge that we face is turning kids on to sports and helping guide them through 
um, that and, and to help them keep in mind that the process is what we need to enjoy. The outcomes will take care of themselves. And, and I think another, another thing that's different is we're kind of in an instant gratification um, society today as well, too. Uh, where, well, I put some hard work in this week, I should now be a starter on my team, or I should, you know, we should win just because I'm working hard. Well, I've told, you know, a lot of my players over the years and had a conversation with a, a young man here not too long ago that, that I coached a little bit, that, uh, you know, your reward may not come this year. Your reward may come 15 years from now when you get a promotion because you stuck with the process and, and was able to deal with adversity and things that didn't always go your way that you learned from playing sports. And, and that's what I think maybe is a challenge for coaches today is to help remind those kids that that's the case, that, that not everybody is going to move on and, and play college basketball or be a professional basketball player, but, or, or whatever sport it might be. But you know, look at me, I'm coaching, I coached three girls this year that are graduated, the three seniors that are all going to go play at the college level, one in basketball, one in soccer, and one in softball. And I, that's just tremendous that those three girls are going to get to, to follow that dream. Now for them to move to the next level, pretty slim. And I think they understand that, but they're going to be able to use uh, something they loved and hopefully was able to take away some, some things from, from myself and our staff to help them excel at that and then also go on and excel, excel in life. I just love how you're using the lessons of basketball to teach life, and that's going to benefit your players well beyond uh, the game. And when the ball stops bouncing, that's tremendous. And, and coming from a farming community myself, I mean, my grandpa was a farmer. Uh, my father-in-law is still a farmer. And, and for those listening and other, it's not like, oh, you got a, you got a few acres. That's cute. Little hobby job. No, like we're talking hundreds or thousands of acres <laughs> that people are farming in the, in the Midwest that you're, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a 24, seven, 365, uh, type job. And I think that builds a, a lot of character, a lot of toughness. It builds uh, kind of a, a grittiness and uh, persistence in a, a lot of those kids that um, because of the opportunities of today and, and just how agriculture has changed and technology has changed, you know, there, there may not be as many of those learning opportunities as there are today. Um, there's more distractions. And so for, for you as a coach to talk your players through some of the opportunities that they can take advantage of and some of the things that we can learn from and still give them some of that what I would say is a tough truth, right? Saying, hey, listen, you may, you may not see the benefit to this this year or next year, but it may be 15 years down the road um, when, when you have a, a job doing something else, I think it is awesome because you're in it for the right reasons. And I, I'm sure that's one of the reasons that Central Noble brought you in is because they saw something in you that was going to benefit more than the basketball program is going to benefit the kids, parents, and the community as a whole. So let's finish it there. If you were to give some advice to another coach who is in their first year, go maybe they haven't gotten in that position yet, or maybe they just finished up their first or second year 
you know, what's some of the advice or, or motivation that you would give him after, you know, maybe they didn't have uh, a final four season in, in their first one like you did? I, I think, you know, going back, if we, the, the best advice I got was that, that I got that I would give to someone else would be, and this has kind of been throughout my entire, you know, career, even before teaching and coaching, but, you know, I've heard principals say it, I've heard business owners say it, uh, surround yourself with the good people. And then, you know, and if you truly, uh, if, if you do that, and then you allow them to, and again, from a business standpoint, if you allow those good people to work for you, in my case, as a coach, um, you know, if you allow those coaches to, again, give them an opportunity to have some ownership. I mean, each of the coaches would run something during practice. It, it, it might have been a warm-up drill. Um, you know, it might have been something else. But, you know, allow them uh, the opportunity to feel like they're a part of it as well. Uh, you know, I, again, that that helped me. So I, I would encourage you, know, again, surround yourself with good people. Um, I don't know if I, you know, lucked into this good coaching staff or – it was, you know, just in the cards for it to be that way. But, you know, again, um, the, the oldest person on our staff is, is actually uh, uh, married to a cousin of mine that, that has been an assistant coach in a couple different programs. Um, and, you know, he we called him the old wise one. Um, and he, he would bring a perspective. And the, the two women that I said, you know, in the community that played at this school, you know, they kind of brought a different perspective and, you know, just surround yourself with good people and then kind of, yeah, you're the head of the, you're, you're the head coach and you're the, in, in a case too, you might even say the face of the program, but, you know, try not to let it be that way. Just get the, get the community to, to, to understand that, you know, this is a group effort and the girls are the face of the program and we're just guiding them on this on this journey, if you want to call it that. And I think that gets overused sometimes. I, I wish in the, the thesaurus, there was a better word for journey um, because that gets used a lot. Maybe that's just because it's the best word, but, you know, on the adventure that we're on, the journey that we're on, um, you know, we, we want them to, to shine and, and, and be the reason why those third, fourth and fifth grade girls want to keep playing basketball at Central Noble. One uh, strategy X's nose question here, coach, before I, before I let you go, you received different types of kind of junk defenses throughout the course of this season because of the talented players that you had. What was one or two of the things that you found to be successful against some defenses? And I hate to call them junk defenses. Like, is there such a thing if it works? Um, but what were some of the things that you found to be successful against what I would say would be unique defenses. Yeah, I think what they tried to do with us, again, having two very solid offensive players, uh, the point guard being one and a shooting guard being the other, is we just tried to keep them involved in the flow of, of what our offense was. And we basically just ran a, you could call it a five out or even a three out two in with just constant moving. And, and the, the basic, basic offense we ran was a patterned offense where we would pass from the wing, from the point to the wing and the weak side wing would cut and then the down screen away and replace at the top. But then, you know, there's all the intricacies of, you know, the second cutter can curl instead of coming to the top and you can do different things. And that's what we kind of set up the, 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 uh, the old Villanova 
um, women's coach uh, that ran that. His name's escaping me at the moment, but uh, uh, that's kind of what we wanted to pattern ourselves off of. And we found that if the girls would just stick to that and run that offense, that helped. But when that didn't work, we, you know, I called on you a little bit and you, you, you wanted us to try the, the zoom action and, and that worked for us. And we're going to implement that zoom action into what we do going forward. Uh, and, and so that helped, but the biggest thing that we tried to instill into the girls that were getting the junk defense thrown at them was to just keep moving, uh, keep moving. Cause that defender is working harder than you are because they don't know where you're going anyway. And I think eventually we kind of wore them out. Um, either that or we were able to get a comfortable enough lead that they just pulled it off and decided that wasn't working anymore. So I think a combination of just uh, convincing the girls that were having that face guard or whatever thrown at them uh, to continue to move. And then it also helps too when, when they're, if they're triangle and twoing you or, you know, going against that box and one or that triangle and two, we found ways to score that they didn't have to. And that, you know, I think that helped as well. So I always told them, Hey, take it as a compliment that they're throwing this at us because they're doing something that they don't normally do to try and cause trouble for us and to, to score. And the, the funny thing is the three losses that we had, those three teams didn't play a junk defense against us. They stuck to what they normally do, and and it you know and couple in maybe we didn't have a great shooting night on one of those, but um, the junk defense you have to address it at the time, and I think you know through through the the things you sent me and just the idea of keep moving, become a screener maybe where you normally wouldn't screen, become a screener, and we were able to work our way through that. Oh, great examples right there of some different things that you can do. And, you know, you, you said it best, but, you know, the other team is doing something they don't normally do. Right. And they're, the other team is out of their comfort zone, just playing that certain style. Um, that's, that's a great message to give to your kids because so many of them lose confidence when there's a unique defense thrown at them and you're giving them confidence saying, this is, this is in their normal defense. They're desperate. That's why they're playing this kind of defense. They they're trying to figure out ways to stop us. They think this is their only chance. Uh, so to be able to give that back to your kids, I think is, is a great confidence builder um, as well. So coach, this was a great conversation. We're continue to, to have them um, throughout uh, our time with, with coaches edge, with the podcast, with our members meetings, uh, can't thank you enough for being part of our, our coaching group and our membership. And uh, we look forward to many more great conversations and, you know, anything I can do to help you out, let me know. Well, I appreciate that. And been able to catch again, some of your, your meetings and uh, when we can, and uh, uh, always pick up something. And I, you know, we talked earlier before we started about uh, some coaching clinics and different things. And I always felt like if I went to something like that, there's something I can take from those and, And uh, I've done that with being a part of your program and appreciate everything you do uh, to help uh, to help uh, other coaches get better. I appreciate it, coach. Thanks for being a part of that. And I know through this podcast and our coaches edge meetings, you're doing that for other coaches that are listening and both in our membership uh, group as well. So thanks again. Thanks to everybody for listening. Get after today.